So I want to just set you up right now for what's coming over the next several months, really. And I want to talk to you about how to grow, how to mature in God. Because you're not going to operate in supernatural advancement unless you grow. Tell your neighbor, say, you got to grow. Say, you got to grow. And I, I just really believe, if you, you know, I know a lot of people are on vacation. I'm still pleased with how many is here today. A lot of people are traveling and doing different things. And like I say, over 50 plus our leaders are on their way to Ocoee. But I just want you to realize, I wouldn't miss a service because revelation is pouring in. How about the, I wouldn't call them guests, but our friends that's been in here speaking over the last few weeks. Have you been blessed? Amen. Amen. Pastor BJ killed it, and so did Mike Perky killed it, and Wes Morgan. I mean, we've, we've just, and Chuck Balsamo, man, we've been blessed. And uh, what an opportunity to grow and to receive from others. So I want to talk to you about confident expectation. Look at your neighbor and say, confident expectation. Now, now stand up, stand up, shake yourself, slap yourself, pinch yourself. I don't really care what you do, but do something for goodness sake. Amen. Shout, yes, Jesus. Say, yes, Jesus. Say, yes, Jesus. Do you know this could be the day you get your breakthrough? This could be the day your miracle happens. This could be the day. Are you expecting your miracle? Are you even believing for a miracle right now? Do you know when your breakthrough happens? Your breakthrough doesn't happen when you see something come to pass, you have it in your hands. Your breakthrough happens when you make a decision that you're going all out for that miracle no matter what. That's the point of breakthrough. That's the point of breakthrough. Now, Father, stir us up right now. I just speak alertness over our minds that we not miss one thing, Holy Spirit, you have to say to us. We honor you. We cherish you. We receive every word that it's not just information, that, but it's revelation to us right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Confident expectation. So when we look at this in, in the world, the world has its mindset and the way it thinks and the way it operates. But the kingdom of God is totally different. It's a totally different mindset than that of the world. So what I want you to realize, every one of us in our life need ladder holders. Every one of us need ladders in our life. What's that mean? We need relationships, whether they're mentoring or they're friendship or, or they're people mentoring you. You need these three different types of relationships in your life. And what you got to do every time you advance in God, whether it's your career, your family, ministry, whatever it is, you never kick your support out. You never get so proud that you forget every rung of that ladder that's brought you where you are today. Listen, life is a team sport. Let me help you. Life is a team sport. You can't get through this life without a team. Number one, you wouldn't be born in this earth without your mother and your father, right? It takes a team sport. That you, and whoever gave birth and helped the mom do that. If it wasn't for a team sport, you wouldn't have that either. So all the way from the grave to the tomb, from, from the birthing room to the tomb, you need a team around you. And what happens, the reason you see so many men and women of God fall later in later years, 
they forget who their ladder holders are. They forget every rung of that ladder and the reason they're where they are. And they can't pull on that strength. There's people, I go back 25 years and give them a call. I might not talk to them in 10 years, but they're part of my ladder support system and they're willing always to speak into my life because if they call me, I speak into their life. And what I want you to realize, you can never have a, a strong family, a strong career, a strong ministry without a ladder support system. And you've got to make sure that you cherish that. You've got to make sure that that's important and that's significant to you. You've got to know who your ladder holders are. We are today living the life of the sum total of every decision we've ever made. But I want you to realize the next thing that's the most important to your decision is your relationships. Your relationships. The covering in your life. The people you cover. The people you learn from the people you teach and grow. Because remember, if you're not growing, you're dying. you're dying. If a tree stops growing, it dies. If a plant stops growing, that's a sign it's dead. And what I want you to realize is the same way in your relationship with Christ. If you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not advancing, you're dying. You got to be in, there's no neutral place in Christ. There's no neutral place in God. And you have to make the decision and get bulldog faith and set your mind and heart like a flint on the promises of God and what you're believing for and where you're going to go. Say, thank God for my ladder holders. You see, God puts specific people in your life for specific moments of your life. Specific moments. And if you don't cherish that and if you can't identify that, you're going to miss out on your answer. God uses people to bless you. He says, whenever you sow, he says, some sow, it says, when you sow a seed, right? What do he say? Some receive 30, some 60, some 90, some 100-fold return. Shall what? You know, spooky ghost out here or shall it drop from heaven? It says, no. Shall men give into your bosom? Yes. Press down, shaking and running over. Everything in your life is a team sport, whether it's finances, career, relationship, family, ministry, whatever it is, it's a team sport. Say it's a team sport. So the revelation that I'm going to start with today, I'm just going to touch on, give you a little overview, and I'll be hitting deep next week and then thereafter, is a revelation that's going to get you your miracle. It's a revelation that's going to get you your miracle. You see, you have a lot of miracles that you prayed for, but it just became ordinary to you because it took so long to get them. But what you got to realize is God's getting ready to accelerate his miracle working power in your life. I really believe that because he gave us this word, a year of supernatural advancement in every area of our lives, right? So as we look at this revelation, there's a difference between revelation and information. Whenever you're taking notes and stuff, you need to do that. You need to reflect over it. You need to receive. You need to hear it. But information without action is just that. It's information. But when you put action to what you're learning, that's revelation. And revelation reveals and uncovers God's will, God's plan, and God's power for our life. But you have to make a decision to act on the words that God gives you. If not, it's not revelation. So... Um, Whenever we're growing and we're in a season of growing, you're always growing. You just don't realize it. Sometimes you feel like it's a setback. 
But you guys that's a little older like me, you realize what you thought was a horrible setback was the greatest advancement you ever had. I know back 10 years ago when I found myself in depression. Now, where does depression come from? It can turn into a spirit of oppression, right? But depression really starts from a place of a spirit of fear. And what is, it feels like you can't finish something, you can't complete something, you don't have control or certainty. It's a time when, whenever you feel hopeless, and you feel hopeless over a relationship or situation or circumstances. And I'd had several events happen in my life. I didn't realize I was, I was depressed for two or three years at least until Pastor Seth said, you got to get some help. People here didn't really know it, or at least they didn't tell me they knew it. I'd come in and preach and go home and do all that. But in my heart, and I was broken, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to have fun. I just kind of would weep and cry and be angry. i go from crying to anger, crying to anger. Because that was my go-to, is anger. And, and I'll never forget, though, out of that season, when I received my healing, it really came from getting a fresh revelation that God is Abba. Abba means in the Latin, Daddy, Dada. So I had a revelation of God being Lord and Savior and King of Kings and El Shaddai, you know, my provider, and, and Jehovah-Rohi, my healer, and Jehovah-Jireh, you know, my provider, I mean, and El Shaddai, my banner. I had all that, but man, that daddy thing I didn't have. And so I didn't realize I was battling a spirit of rejection in my life. And, and then when that thing got identified and I knew how to attack it, within a week it broke off my life. I'm talking three years of suffering in pain broke off my life. Now, if that was you that got depression broke off your life, you would have just said amen or shouted. Or if that was your spouse, you see, see, it's not real till it's in your house, right? And it was real in our house. But God, you know, he, he gave me an opportunity. Now, if I didn't take that opportunity, I remember when I flew into a place in Colorado to go get this help, and people say, well, you know, you, don't, you shouldn't get counseling. That's just, they're, they're idiots. Well, I say that, so you call me an idiot? Well, idiot's a lack of knowledge. So if you don't know about it, you might want to be quiet about it. Listen, let me, it's a secret, it's a secret. This is a heavy revy, James. This is a heavy revelation. Let me give you a heavy revelation here. If you do not know what you do not know. That seems shallow. Remember, you do not know what you do not know. You think that's like shallow until the one, you're the one that thinks you know and you find out later you didn't know. Or you married to the one that knows everything but doesn't know, right? Or your kids know everything but they don't know. The sooner you can understand that you don't know it all, it's when you can be open to get a revelation. I try to talk to people and help people. They want me to help them. And I can always tell if they're going to receive or not. If they're not receiving, they're trying to talk faster than me and give me answers. I'm like, I thought you'd call me. I thought you wanted to meet. And I just sit there and let them yap right on. Then hug them and God bless you and let them go do whatever they're going to do. Because if they already know it all, why are they coming to me? I may not know the answer either. But if I don't, find the next person that does. Keep searching it out till you know. But remember, you don't know what you don't know. Yes. That, that'll, take you, that'll save yes. you some jobs and marriages and families right there. You don't know. Sit at your neighbor say, you don't know what you know. What, you don't know what you don't know. So we got to know what God's plan is for our life. 
And what I want to do over this next season is for you, we've been getting clarity about his vision for our life, his purpose for our life, but that's cool. But you've got to know the why of his plan. It's one thing to know God's will and God's plan, but if you don't have a revelation of why he has that plan for you, why he has that purpose for you, the, the why is where you get your passion from. You don't get your passion from what you got to do, how you do it, or even when you get it. Your passion comes from the why behind that. So if you don't discover your why, you won't have the natural energy or the spiritual energy to move into that place that you need to move into to access your miracle. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. So we're going to answer that over this week and next week. We're going to help you find your why. Now, so you got to ask yourself, are you living in the best blessing of God in your life? Are you in a place right now where everything's perfect? Anybody here where everything's perfect? Are you in a place where you know God's plan for your life, but you're 100% living in it financially, 100% living in it in relationships, 100% living in it in your health, 100% living in it in your ministry? Is anybody living in that place? So if we're not living in that place, guess what? Then this is going to help us. Because I believe once you discover the why of the plan, you'll have the passion to pursue it. You will not pursue without passion. And you will not have passion till you know the why of a matter. Now, whenever we're missing God, it's usually because of knowledge. And then if it's not knowledge, your why is not big enough. You don't have the passion to go for it. So I want to give you some keys today. Let's, let's look at Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Hallelujah. Well, before we go there, well, let me give you this. Yeah, let me, okay, let's do, how do I want to do this? Yeah, let's, let's go to Matthew 16, verses 18 and 19. Can we put that up on the screen? Matthew 16, verses 18 and 19. <clears throat> Matthew 16, verses 18 and 19. I usually give them my notes. I didn't give them to them today, so give them, a, give them a minute. I got it here if they don't have it. Verse 17, we'll start there. It says, and take, see, well, verse 16, what's it say? For, and also I say to you that, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah that's what I want to give you. Okay, and also I say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and what the gate of hell, or Hades, will not prevail against it. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Next, next line, next verse. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Now, the word Simon means in the Hebrew, one who hears. Bar means son, Jonah means a dove. One who hears the spirit was his original name. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. So that would be revelation. Go on to the next verse, 18. And I say to you, verse 18, well, we just did that. And I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and what? And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I do what? I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Let's, Let's talk about this for a few minutes. I don't really need these notes. So, and this will really even help you understanding more about this whole situation with Phil to help you understand a lot of things about your life. And this is the one key thing where most Christians 
really miss their miracle. It's not that we don't have faith, it's that we have faith. You see, faith can work positive or negative. You can have faith in the positive and believe those things that you've not seen and what the Word says, and you're going to get your healing, you're going to get your deliverance, your breakthrough, whatever it is. But you also have a negative faith that you're so certain and you believe, well, it'll happen for her but not me. I'll be the one that, that goes bankrupt. I'll be the one that doesn't get my healing. You know, I usually don't get my healing, so it won't be me. And what happens is you have faith and your faith's working, but you're missing something. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But before we get into that, I got to talk to you about this. So it says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, right? What are the gates? Are the gates active or passive? When you come up to gates, they're what? They're passive. So God said, what, I've given you the key, Jesus said, I've given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Talking about binding and loosing. I've given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound. Whatsoever you loose on earth. Whatsoever you bind in heaven is bound. Whatsoever you loose in heaven is loose. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound. Whatsoever you loose is loose. So you have the power through God to bind and loose. You have the authority to stand right here where you are as a believer, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, and you can speak because everything comes from the unseen around the heavenlies. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And you have uh, uh, the, the authority and the power of God to speak those things that are not as though they are. So that they can come to pass, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We'll get into that here in a moment. But what I want you to realize is you have the power, you have the authority of God. Now, if you don't access the keys, then you're not going to get the results. What do keys represent? Keys represent authority. Keys represent access. And God has given you the keys to the kingdom of God. And what has he done? He's given you the key to whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. In other words, that's the keys of authority. It's not just a prayer of authority. It's the command that you can speak life and death. You can speak healing and deliverance. You can speak financial breakthrough and miracle. But there's also faith without, James says, faith without works is dead, right? And works without faith is dead. So there is no faith without action. So you've got to have a revelation, a belief, and then you've got to take steps to access it. Now I'm going somewhere. So if I have the keys of the kingdom, the authority and the power of God to speak, to do, to pray, to release, and to act on things that, that make the church the rock of this earth, right? So I have that authority. Now, then he goes on to say, and you're Peter, you're uh, Petros, rock. Upon this rock I what, build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail or overtake or come against it, not, not conquer it, right? So here's the key. Here's the key. Most Christians live our life that whenever we start to advance and moving forward and an attack comes from Satan and all hell breaks loose in your life, what happens? Oh, Lord, the devil's attacking me. We're going to flip that switch today. You'll, you'll never be the same after this. You'll never be the same after this. Well, it's just the devil attacking me. Well, you know, I'm just going. And what happens is when you believe the devil is the one with the power, and you believe the devil is the one on the offense instead of the defense, then you'll have a spirit of retreat, yes. and you'll retreat back, and cause it's just too tough right now. 
But the only reason we retreat back is because we're not walking the fullness of the revelation of those keys of authority God has given you. Now, Jesus gave it. He said, I give them to you. You give them to you. So what happens is, what I want you to get today, and here's a switch I want you to flip today. And here's a switch. Whenever you make a decision to advance in any area of your life, when you make a decision to access your faith, get a word on it, whether it's sowing a seed, whether it's, it's doing a good deed, ministry, whatever it is, or you're going to live a holier, uh, more anointed life, you're going to walk, you, you want to access the promises of God, the fullness of God. You're going to live in the fullness of the promises and the favor of God. You're going to live in the fullness of God's plan for your life, and you're going to walk it out. When you make that decision, get ready, all hell's getting ready to break loose. Right? Every time I make that decision or I see someone make that decision, all hell breaks loose in their life. But here's, the, here's the, the place where everybody misses it, or most people miss going. They think when they make that decision, Satan's coming to attack them to take the word from them. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. Yes. Because what it is is you just advanced in the kingdom. Guess what now? And now you just knocked down one of Satan's gates by faith and you are in enemy-held territory standing on his ground. Now, he didn't come at you and knock you and surround you with his territory because he's the little G, the God of this earth, right? So everything you're believing for that's being held back, Satan is the one in control of the things being held from you, but you have the authority of God to what? To to go in and knock those gates down. Now, when you, by faith, kick open a gate that, 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 that's holding your healing, your finances, relationships, whatever it is, and you go, boom, and you go through it, and you're excited, and it's a great service, and you fell out, and you rode around and danced and sang, and you're on cloud nine for three days, and then all hell breaks loose. The car breaks, you know, this happens, the dog dies, the cat, you know, ran away. I mean, just crazy stuff happens. You're like, why did that happen? How did that happen? Why are they mad at me? I don't understand this. Why is my boss doing that? Or why are my employees doing this? What's going on with my business? And you're going wild, and you go, wait a minute. Oh, Lord, Satan's attack. I'm under attack. Oh, what does Ephesians 6 say? Ephesians 6 says, verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and wickedness in high places. And that what did he do? He gave you the helmet of salvation and shed your feet with the gospel of peace, right? He gave you the shield of faith to hold back all the fiery darts. He did all that, right? So, so what did he? he gave you an armor. If he gives you an armor, that means you're in a war, right? right? That's how he represents his gifts. So, so what's it say? We wrestle not with flesh and blood. So when you're wrestling with the devil... Where are you wrestling at? Where are you wrestling? When you're in a fight with the devil and you're wrestling, where are you wrestling at? Right. Somebody's pointing right. You're wrestling in your own mind. And I'll show you if I have time today. If not, I'll show you next week that whenever you lose your hope, you'll lose your passion or desire. But hope is manufactured through your focus and your thinking and your mind right? Faith is spiritual. It's a spiritual law, and it's going to work positive or negative in your life every time. It works every time, positive or negative. So until you understand that what's really taking place when you advance 
and knock down a gate of Satan and a wrestling match starts. You're wrestling not at your house, not in your ring. You are wrestling in the very place of your miracle. Yes. See, we think our miracle is way out there. Your miracle is when you make a decision. And when you make a decision to set your faith, get a word on it, and it's in alignment with the word, and you begin to release your faith, and you speak it out. You declare it. Those things are not as though they should be, right? And you speak it out. You just have access to that miracle, to that breakthrough, and you just kicked one of gate, the gates of Satan open, and you're standing in his territory. And in his territory is, yeah, in his territory is where your healing is. In his territory is where your deliverance is. In his territory is where your miracle, your breakthrough is. It's right there. If it was over here, you'd already have it. No, you had to go in advance, kick open the gates of hell, and prevail over them. So how does this help your thinking? When you make a declaration to advance in your life in anointing, healing, finances, whatever it is, doing kingdom stuff, and all hell comes at you from every which direction. Are you going to cry and feel sorry for yourself? And why is the devil picking on me? You know, why is everybody picking on me? Or are you going to rise up and just laugh and go, Woo, I'm right where I need to be. This, oh yeah, I'm on the nerve of the devil. I'm on his neck right now. He's squirming around. But, but here's the thing. The only time Satan is going to be under your feet is when you have revelation that you are on enemy-held territory, his ground, and that's under your feet. That's his territory. But if you let him all the way up here, you're not, you're not the one. He's, he becomes the head and not the tail. He becomes above and not beneath. So it's up to us to realize where is the battle coming from? Where's your fight coming from? So instead of saying, oh, I missed it. I missed it. It's not God's will. I got problems. You don't have problems. You have opportunity to have solutions. No such thing as a problem. It's opportunities to have a solution. So, so you have an opportunity to have a solution, right? So when the enemy comes in like a flood, that means you're right where you need to be. Well, for instance, look at the children of Israel, right? So, so here they are marching around for 40 years in the desert, dying off. A whole generation had to die off. Because of disobedience, they didn't believe God's spies and they didn't go over to Jericho and take the promised land, right? So they're just going around there eating manna. For 40 years, they're eating that same stale bread and that old quail that's a drug. 40 years. And God loved them so much, it says the soles of their shoes didn't even wear out. They're walking around. Now, they had some fights. They had problems, and they kept fighting the same ites over and over. Another ite, same ite. They knew them well. They knew family members. Some of them intermarried and everything. They married the enemy and so on. And, and, and they're just going around for 40 years. They knew every tree where a fight would be. They knew every territory of the devil. They knew how that area fought them. And all, and they're, but they're not advancing. They're eating. They're breathing. They're fighting, but they're stuck. That's the way a lot of Christians are. They're eating. They're coming to church once a week and eating, and they're breathing, and they go back out for six more days to the seven, and they're just going around and around life, and I know what financial lack is, and I know what disease is, and, and I know what uh, 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 betrayal is, and I know all these enemies, 
And I understand I can beat some and some can beat me. And they're just walking around until they die. Eating stale manna, eating cold quail, falling from the sky. Saint, you, you imagine St. Mel for 40 years? But, Miss Gwen, that was easy. Because that was familiar to us. See, a lot of times we'll stay in our mess because it's familiar. It doesn't take faith to get out of your mess because you're so good at it. You're familiar. At least I know what this devil is. Why do I want to go pick a fight with another devil? Listen, let me help you. The devil's not even in your life. You do such a good job keeping yourself corralled. He don't waste time. He's over here finding Dalton and picking on him. He's over here finding some of these other guys and picking on them. He's looking for somebody that's advancing. That's, you know why? He's not even looking for him. He don't have a choice. See, you think Satan has a choice to fight you. He don't have a choice. He don't have time to think about it. Because you keep taking a step, and every time you step into his territory, he's got to fight you there. But he already knows he lost if you just have faith to believe and fight it out and stand it out. You see, see, we think he's bringing the fight to us. It's us taking the fight to him. That's why the steps, yeah, the steps of a righteous man are what ordered or ordained of the Lord, right? And so our steps are ordained by God. And just because you step in a hornet's nest and you've got to fight a bunch of hornets doesn't mean you're going to lose. That just, you might get some swelling and some stinging. But by the time you come through that, you've already conquered that. And God's got something else for you. Another level, another devil. But it's not bad. You, you're going to deal with it your whole life. You're in a cursed world, people. This is a messed up world. It's a world of disease and death and murder and all this stuff. And if you think you're just going to walk that same old beaten path and not face it, you're kidding yourself. You, if you're going to fight, you might as well fight to win. You say, I don't believe people would just fight to lose. I fought some. I know they do. They're too embarrassed not to fight, but, you know, I'll have to fight. And, but, but when you go in there, you can be the littlest guy in the room and everybody run from you because they know you will and you come to win. You didn't just come to fight. You, now, that doesn't mean you won't have a busted lip and your shirt torn off and you limp into your, ah, boys, we got him, didn't we? Ah. You don't want to fight that guy. He's crazy. Right? You want to fight the guy. Well, here's the rules. You do this and do that and don't. There's no rules when you're fighting the devil. See, what I want you to realize, guys, is this. He's not bringing the fight to you. You're bringing the fight to him. Sometimes in your life, you don't even intentionally step through a gate. God just leads you there because he knows you don't have the guts to do it anyway, but you're there. And all of what, what is this, oh, Lord? What is wrong with this? Jesus, 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 Jesus. He said, look down below your feet and see what the scheme of the devil is. You already got him under your feet. You have authority. Don't let him up in your mind, in your head. Take authority over him and, and win the battle, win the fight. And, and he said, look, you're, you're in there. Now use your faith. 
Use your helmet of salvation. Use your shield of faith, right? Use the weapons I gave you. Use the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Use it. Use it. I, I gave it to you. I got you all dressed up for battle. You're sitting over here by the brook, and about the time you got up thinking you was going to a shadier spot, I just led you right over into this gate where you might be fighting for your life. You might be fighting for your family. You might be fighting for your career, your ministry. But God didn't make you to wander in the desert. God made you to Fight. Well, I just want to have faith, preacher. Well, you might not want to read the scriptures because it might shock you. So what did it say about faith? Fight the good fight of faith. You can't have faith without fighting. And you got to fight the good fight. You can't have faith without working. You can have faith without obeying and taking action. That's the way faith operates. So what, we gotta, what I want you to get today is this. I want you to realize that it's not Satan advancing on you. It's you attacking and advancing on him. And the very fact you got problems and situations and stuff happening in your life means you're just right where you need to be. I just believe I'll just go through this world and not have problems and I'm a man or woman of faith. And how's that working for you, oh, you saint of God? I mean, I figured you'd be your brother Enoch because Enoch's already, he was, he was not. I still see you here. So if you hear, you get hungry. If you hear, people upset you. If you hear, you battle sickness. If you hear, you battle other financial stresses. Come on. People like that, I just laugh. I don't even argue with them. I just like, pfft. Well, that's just where my faith is. Now, I'll look at your life and tell you you don't have a lot of faith, but whatever. You're wondering. You're in that little tribe going around and around waiting for God to throw something free at you so you don't starve to death. Give you a little nugget so you don't starve to death. So, so what I want you to get, guys, is don't retreat when the fight starts. That, that's time to celebrate and give your war cry and say the fight is on. And I know if there's a fight, I already win. Because if I fight the good fight of faith, I won before the fight started. Huh. So what happens when, when you fight this good fight of faith? So let's go over to this. I'm going to give you a little taste of what I'll do next week. Go me to... Uh, Let's look back in Ephesians 6 again. <clears throat> so it says, look at verse 10. It says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So you're not fighting with your strength. Amen. You shouldn't be. You may be. But you fight with his might and his strength, not yours. Then drop down to verse 16. Above all, everybody say, above all. Take what? The shield of faith, right? Because without faith, you can't access any of these things from God. You can't even get saved without faith. You're saved by grace through faith, right? By faith through grace, I mean. So, so it says, above all, everybody say above all. Take, on, take in the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all. Everybody say all. Not some or most. All the fiery darts of the wicked one. You will be able to overcome every fire. It doesn't mean that it will turn out the way you thought it would. It just means that the devil's going to wish he'd never picked a fight with you. It didn't turn out the way we wanted it with, with Phil. 
But I know one thing, the devil's shaking right now because he just woke up a sleeping giant and Phil's dancing in heaven. He's in the great cloud of witnesses celebrating right now. He's on the other side. He ain't sitting here dealing with what you're dealing with. Some of you, you know, in depression or what fear or anxiety, addiction. He's not dealing with any of that stuff. He's, he's over there dancing with the angels and with God and worshiping Jesus, having fun. Great crowd of witnesses checking all of us out, seeing how we're handling all this. He's cheering us on. He's our cheerleader. But, but here's the thing, guys. You're still here. Pinch the person next to you and say, you're still here. You're, you're still here. So I, I don't want to shock you. So if you're still here, that means you're going to have some tests. If you're still here, you're going to have some battles. If you're still here, you're going to have some pain. What, what's the saying? No pain, no pain. Well, it really should be a scriptural term because there's not. Pain is what causes you to press in. When you get hurting enough, you're going to lay down and die, or you get hurting enough, you're going to find a way to push through and get an answer, right? So, so what I want you to realize is, guys, that God gave you this equipment, this battle material, so you can, you can find it. So you can quench all the fiery darts. Verse 17, and take on what? The helmet. Everybody say helmet. Helmet of salvation and, salvation and the sword of the Spirit, what, which is the Word of God. Isn't it interesting he talks about a helmet? What's a helmet protect? Your mind, doesn't it? See, that's where that battle is. Then verse uh, 17, uh, verse 18, praying always, say always, with all prayer and supplication, that means request, in the spirit, being watchful to do this in all perseverance and supplication, request for all saints. You're not just praying for yourself. Let me give you a little quick highlight, and then next week we're going to dive deep into this because this, this is going to take a little time. So we get the part about Matthew 16, Right, 18 through 19, that whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, whatsoever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. You have the authority, the might of God to speak those things or not as though they are. You have that power, right? Now, when we look at this from the aspect of dropping down here to these other ones, um, let me get over here to it. So as we look at this, the first verse there in verse 17, it says, and take the helmet, everybody say helmet, Helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. Now, the word, the Greek word for helmet, the helmet of salvation, the Greek word here, and I'll have them up on the screen next week, is soterian. S-O-T-E-R-I-A-N. S-O-T-E-R-I-A-N. Soterian. And the Greek word there for helmet means the hope of salvation. The hope of salvation. Now, the word salvation comes from sozo, right? The Greek word sozo, the God-like life. So it means to be whole, W-H-O-L-E, to be saved, whole, healed, holy, uh, you know, when you're born again. So you're whole, you're, you're saved, you're born again, right? So sozo, it means salvation. So now it's saying, talks about the helmet of salvation. In other words, it's the hope of salvation. So take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. So the Greek word there for sozo is salvation. So you're taking on the hope of your salvation. Then 1 Thessalonians 5, 8 says this, and I'll jump around. We'll get into it deep next week. But let us who are, who are of the day be sober, putting on what? The breastplate of faith and love as a helmet. Then it says the hope of salvation. So your helmet is your hope of salvation. That's that's where everything is accessed through as far as in the natural realm. 
Now, the Greek word, this is critical right here. I'm setting you up next week. Is for hope is elpis, E-L-P-I-S, E-L-P-I-S, elpis. And what's this word mean in the Greek? Hope, to have confident expectation, to confidently expect, to confidently expect. So hope means to have confident expectation. Now, hope is one of the top three laws of God, right? Really the fruits of God. So he says what? And of these three, faith, hope, and love, and love is the most important of these three that we got to have in 2 Corinthians, I believe. So what I want you to realize is hope makes it in the top three of all those things that's important to God. And the reason it is, it's where your confident expectation comes from. So the reason faith doesn't work, it is working, but the reason you get negative results instead of positive results is because faith is a substance of things what? So what if you said instead of hope, you said confidently expect? So confident expectation. Faith is a substance of things you confidently expect. You confidently expect. You confidently expect. Faith is a substance of things I confidently expect. Faith is a substance of things hope for the what, evidence of things not seen. Now we'll get into that a little more in the jippy, the setting you up. So it says, we put on this helmet, the hope of salvation. So as we see that, it's the hope of salvation that keeps you sane. It's the hope of salvation, of being whole, of being preserved in eternity that, that, that protects you, your spirit, your mind, and everything else. So we see the Greek word for hope is help us, right? It means to confidently expect. Now, Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you what? A future and a hope. So God's plan is to give you a future what? And a hope. Because if he can get you confidently expecting, then your faith will work in a positive way for you. Like, well, he'll heal everybody but me. I usually don't get healed. Well, you, your faith's working. What? Out of the heart speaks the abundance, right, of life. With the tongue, we speak what? Life and death. We have that authority to do that. So you're getting, faith is working. You're either killing yourself or resurrecting yourself. You're either healing yourself or making yourself sick. Your words are powerful because you have these words that can bind on earth. Whatever you bind in heaven, whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. So you have this authority that's not even of this world. The authority, the creator of all things put in you. And you fight the good fight of faith, but if you don't understand this confident expectation piece, then what happens is you're going to get the negative results of your faith. Is this helping anybody or are you all just asleep? I'm just trying to say. Now, hope, where's it come from? Hope comes from your soul. Comes from your mind. Faith comes from your spirit. Right? Love also is the Spirit. It's also a fruit of the Spirit, right? So we know it's of the Spirit. So in Galatians 5, it says the, the seven fruits of the Spirit, and these are in the Holy Spirit is faith, hope, love, gentleness, kindness, long-suffering, temperance, meekness, and so on. Seven fruits of what? The Spirit. It didn't say hope of the Spirit because hope is not of the Spirit. Hope is of your soul, your mind. Well, let's look. David teaches us that. Psalm 42, 5. I want to read it in an amplified version if you guys could put it up in the amplified. And here David is crying out. He says, 
Why are you in despair, oh my soul? Who's David talking to? His mind. His mind, will, and emotions. Why are you in despair, oh my soul? And why have you become restless and disturbed within me? David's crazy. He's talking to himself out loud. Don't I tell you to do that all the time? Tell your goofy mind to shut up. You have nothing good to say to shut up. You have authority to speak over that mind. It's like a computer. You, you, you tell the computer. You only get what you input into that computer. If you're letting your computer give you answers, you're going to have some messed up answers. So why have you become restless and disturbed in me? Hope in God. Well, instead of hope, what is it? Confidently expect. Confident expectation. Have confident expectation in God and wait expectantly for him, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. Now, when he says I, that's not his mind. That's his spirit, who he is. Hope is a product of your soul. So if you lose hope, you'll be depressed. If you lose hope, you won't grow. If you lose hope, you can't possibly access faith because faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's why it's important for you to get a vision of what you're hoping for, that you see what you, what you want, the way you want things to be, the way you think that God says they should be, and then you imagine that. Your imagination is powerful, and you establish that in your mind, the kind of life you expect. If not, you'll just get that wandering in Israel, around in the wilderness life. You can have a wilderness life or a palace life. You can be in the wilderness or in the palace. It's your choice. You, you could be in Satan's land or the promised land. It's your choice. Now, now think about it. As soon as the children of Israel finally, Moses died, they finally decide to go over, right? What's the first thing they face coming out of the wilderness for 40 days? A big river called the River Jordan. And it was harvest season. It was flooding. And they had to go across this River Jordan. You think, well, that's, that's good. They, they made it across, Miss Gwen, over a million of them. That's awesome. Now what they got? They got to face this big giant wall around Jericho. They got to tear down its gates. They got to get in there. Now, by the might and power of God, we know the story. They marched around seven times and it fell and they went in, but they still had to fight. So, so you got to fight for your promise. People say, I want a prophecy. I want a prophecy. And they get a prophecy. Well, I just don't know why that prophet must not be a prophet. He said this and he said that. Well, well what did you do about it? Well, I just thought it happened. Nothing just happens except stupidity. Because you don't have to do anything to be stupid. You don't have to do anything to be dumb. Just be, right? So, so that's the only thing that happens when you don't do anything is, is stupidity. And the wrong results. But the Bible says you've got to fight for your prophecies. So when a prophecy comes, you fight the good fight of faith to access those prophecies and to see them come to pass. Yeah, I'll let you go here. Y'all sleep on me. So, I love you too. So, so here's the key. When you get over and you cross the Jordan and you think, well, man, that was a tough one, but guess what? Just look what's waiting behind those walls of Jericho. See, see you got to look at what's waiting on you. You got to get excited about walking in hilly. You got to get excited about walking in a debt-free life. You got to get excited about writing seeds and blessing families and blessing kingdom bigger than your salary is right now. You, you got to get a vision for your income. You got to get a vision for your health. You got to get a vision for your relationships. You got to get a vision for your anointing and man, not just I want to be anointed and what? Anointed to do what? Uh, see you don't know to save people. You're already anointed to save people. Witness. Pray with them. 
So you've got to know your why. If you don't know your why, you're just going to get discouraged. You're just going to get beat up, slapped around, and be depressed. I ain't going over that church. Ever since I went to that church, I've been fighting the devil. Good. That means you're advancing. I didn't say fight and lose. Fight to win. And how many of you know in your Christian walk, little things that are to you now used to be huge when you first came to Christ? You're like, oh, God. And there's been times in your life you've been saved five, ten years ago. Wow, if that happened to me when I was just born again, I probably wouldn't have made it, right? We all, all experience that, right? So, so what's waiting on you in the promised land? What are the promises you're not accessing that you're already laid on? They're your promises. God already downloaded them. They're waiting on you. Now, you keep fighting the same old whites and eating the same old stale bread and eating the same old cold quail all you want. Or you can get some new food and some new faith and take some new territory. But no one can do it for you. I, I just try to stir you up, so I do. I try to either get you to make a decision or get mad. That's my goal. I, I didn't come here to make you feel good. Because you can go into a fight, and if you're not equipped and get the, you know what, beat out of you when you feel good. I felt good about the fight. <sighs> Glad you did. I bet that person really felt good after they got done with you. That's the way it is with the devil. He beats up on some people, and he's like, man, I didn't have to do much to whoop on them. And, and you run, you leave your territory. You leave your promise and retreat back. Then you get sick and tired of sick and tired of this, and you try it one more time. And you fight a little while, a little longer, this, and then you retreat back. I mean, when are you going to push through till you get what you need? Through is important. When are you going to get sick and tired of being sick and tired and say, I'm going to get it or I'm going to die? We act like death's a big thing. Death is to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. You just beat the other people that's still alive. There's nothing wrong with death. That's where you're going to spend eternity, not in death. It's only appointed but one time for man to die. Death means separation from God. And when you're a child of God, you'll never die again. Your body will, but you get a new one anyway. What do you care? Better than the one you got. See, we get all, we get all, we get all, you should be depressed, not over that someday you'll die unless you live to the rapture. You know, people worried about dying for 30, 40, 50 years. Fear of dying. What are, you, what are you fearing stuff like that for? You should be fearing, am I missing God's plan for my life? Am I not accomplishing his will for my life? Am I living in God's best for me? Am I able to give best to others because I'm living where I'm best and supposed to be? So we'll pray. Amen. Some of the others said, yes, oh, Gertrude, wake up. We're praying. I just get, I'm just mad at the devil. He's going to pay for this. He, he, you know, He's not going to get by with attacking our family like this. He's not getting by with it. So you might not, you might want to miss church for a month or two. You might want to just cause Dalton will be a little angry at the devil. So if I'm angry at the devil, if you can't handle a little blood, sweat, and tears, you may not want to be here. You may want to go somewhere where, you know, they'll make you feel good. And then when they're standing at your family's funeral, they'll just say, well, God just plucks a lily every now and then. And I guess it was just God's will to kill your cousin or... Not this preacher. I don't believe that crap. Well, it's just meant to be for you to go bankrupt. No, it wasn't meant to be you to go bankrupt, but there you did. Now the devil has to give you seven times what he stole from you. 
to be seven times richer. See, see you, you just got to have the right mindset. Got the helmet of salvation. I get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And when, when are you going to get mad enough at the devil to say, you're not getting one of my kids, you're not getting one hair off my head, you're not going to get my bank account, you're not going to get my health, you're not going to get my church, you're not going to get my leadership. When are you going to just get riled up enough to say, enough is enough. That's it. No more. Enough is enough. That's it. No more. Enough is enough. What is it that you're sick and tired of right now? Let's all stand. What is it you're sick and tired of right now? What is it, man, that you're just sick and tired of right now? See, see, the breakthrough happens the moment you make a decision that I'm finished with that and you put your foot of faith down and you make a declaration and you know how you know you're right? When all hell breaks loose. When you're in the biggest fight of your life, that means you're in the, for the biggest breakthrough of your life. People just quit this and quit that. They quit ministry and quit church and quit marriage and quit school and quit jobs because it got hard. It got tough. Why are you in a financial situation? Well, I had this great job for 10 years and they were just so mean over there. It's just, you know, I was just sick and tired. Well, how you doing now? Well, we just lost our house and got an old car. We're, you know, we're working two jobs now. My wife's working, my cat, my dog's working, everybody's working. <laughs> Mowing the neighbor's yard, hoping they'll give me a tip. So, so which pain is worse? Pain and praying and fasting over your workplace to where either those people get saved or they are removed? And you honor them all the way through? Or are you just going to quit? Hope, hope some manna, some stale manna falls your way. I mean, I mean, what about that marriage? You'll mess the next one up too. Because I tell you right now, marriage takes two. It's not one. And, and if you're blaming the person you're married to, you're probably the one. You will be the one until you repent and humble yourself and, and get some education on what it takes to be a good spouse and pray and fast and believe for them. You'd be amazed what love would do. You'd be amazed what love, faith, and hope would do. Well, I served in church, and ever since I started serving her, my goodness, woo! This person was mean to me, and what did they do to you? It's horrible. Well, what did they do? Well, they walked by me two straight Sundays and didn't even say hi to me. I mean, you, you, as a pastor, you blow your mind. Then I got people fighting for their life, like Phil and his family, and I got somebody else pouting because somebody didn't say hi to them. That's why I don't focus on people. I focus on God and what His plan is. And I love people just the way they are and not the way I think they should be. And I grace people, no matter what, just grace them and love them right on. I might complain a little bit, and then I repent, and then I grace them again. I'm like you. I'm living in a cursed world, too, in earth and body. But what is it you're sick and tired of? If you just flip that one switch and realize you're the one in charge, you're the one that's kicking the gate down, 
You're the one that's bringing the fight to the enemy. You're the one slapping him upside his head, stomping on his head. He shouldn't even be up high enough to slap. You stomp him back down. You're the one in authority. It's proven time and time again, executives that work their whole life to get to a position and they either get depressed. When they get far as they feel they needed to go, they either get depressed and quit or blow their family up or some of them even commit suicide. Because it, the one thing that you can control but the devil wants you to think you cannot control is your expectation. I mean, if you, let me, we'll pray. I'll give you this little tidbit and we'll pray. If you were God, would you visit this person? They're in California, in beautiful weather. And then God shows up. Well, Lord, it's about time you showed up. Well, my son, what's going on? Well, my goodness, I'm out here. I'm burning up. It's hot out here. The sun's frying me. I don't have sunscreen. I got the wrong clothes on. I'm sweating. And, and, and these stupid little ants have been eating my ankles up. I'm swollen up. I think I got some poison ivy. I got, I got these ants biting me. I mean, come on, God. I mean, nobody's picked me up. I've been walking for hours. I mean, I, I, I'm going to be late for what i got to be at. I mean, come on, God. Won't you answer my prayers? Now, if you're God, do you want to hang out, out with that Christian very long? Well, what about this Christian? My son, how are you doing? <laughs> Woo, this is wild. Well, hey, Lord, hey. Son, how are you doing? <laughs> well, what are you laughing about? I'm just laughing. But look at that. Look, 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 Father. What? Look at these crazy little ants. These are the bravest creatures you ever met. How did you make such brave, the smallest little old creatures? And look at them. I could crush them right now. They're just biting me right on my leg. They don't care. They'll just bite until I knock them. Those little ants, those little guys are not afraid of anything. Man, if I could be just like one of those ants you created. And woo, this beautiful sun. I've been wanting a tan for a while. I'm getting a tan. and I just love it when it's hot. I got my shirt off. I'm just enjoying the beauty of your creation, Lord. You're such an amazing God. And, and you know, I missed my ride, but man, I was just walking through looking at your creation, how beautiful it is. And I know it'll work out when I get there. I'm not stressed over it. I mean, I, I could be stressed over that appointment, but I know another appointment to come and I'll explain to them. But I just had this time to have gratitude and thanks for you. And now, if you were God, who would you hang out with? So I want to ask you, does God even want to hang out with you? Lord, I'm going to prayer, honey. Okay, go to prayer. Lord, I need a breakthrough. I need a thousand dollars, Lord. I need my car fixed. I need my wife to stop yelling at me. I need the kids to respect me. Are you going in and giving God glory for your wife and giving God glory for your children and giving God glory that He made you strong and mighty? And anytime you can turn your finances around, if you'll just have hope, faith, and love and work it, you'll see it happen and you'll enjoy it more when you do get that breakthrough and you do get debt free and you do take care of your family. And when your children are on fire for God and when your wife does love you like a crazy woman, she's crazy about you, she can't live without you. And when all that happens, you're going to be, you just get excited with anticipation. No one could, the only way you could ever be discouraged, that means lack of courage, discourage, discouraged, is if you set your expectations at a certain level and they don't get met. 
You ever saw those people that's got everything and they're millionaires or whatever and they're still complaining because they don't have enough? And you're like, what's their problem? Or somebody's living in a nice, beautiful, debt-free home and you're out here working, trying to get yours paid off and, and they're complaining about the plumbing or something. You're thinking, they're in a debt-free home. Well, they, it's their expectation. See, if you set your expectations so high, nobody can meet it. But if you will set your expectation here, but put your imagination way out there so that someday expectation catches up with the imagination, which is the creation. Making that unseen seen. See, that's what happens.